0: Welcome to ReachMD. This special edition of the Global Women's Health Academy series is sponsored by Topec Global and supported by Merck KGAA, Darmstadt, Germany. My talk is about QMS. So in terms of the objectives of the talk, my goals are actually you need to understand what quality management stands for because it's completely different than quality control and quality assurance. It's a different subject. The other thing, I will explain a little bit about ISO 9001 as the model that perhaps you could consider as a quality management tool for your fertility centers. And then, I will discuss the importance of having people working together as a uh, like the essential aspect of QMS for centers willing to implement it. So, the first questions that I uh, make to you is this one. What is quality? And this is a very difficult, actually, question. Because when you go to the dictionary, it doesn't help. They say, okay, quality is like characters, nature, essential character. But if I ask you at the end of the meeting, who considered this meeting of high quality? Some people will say yes, some people say moderate, some people would have different perspectives. And the same thing we do for airline company that we use for transportation, food, the schools that we put our kids. So, I mean, it's a subjective, actually, uh, concept and it's influenced by the way we actually feel about quality. So, the issue about quality is that although it's subjective, it needs to be defined and needs to be measured. And the only way we could actually measure quality is if we set a priori the requirements. Now, Now, let's have a look at companies. We can think about every single company. McDonald's, car manufacturers, Petrobras, whatever. So these companies, and several of the companies, they provide services. And the services they provide, as you can see in this picture, there is a very important characteristic: the process. What you see is that it, the, it's composed by different steps. Every single step is a sub-process, and then, because the whole process, combined, has an outcome, you, we, we can control different parts of the process. Now, let's have a look of what we do in IVF. Actually, this is quite similar. What we do in IVF basically is a process. It doesn't matter if it was like Marcos presented 20 years ago or now, the process is the same. What has changed? What? Procedures. We change the procedures, but the process is exactly the same. So when you see the IVF cycle, we again, we have the sub-processes. And we can control. So we can actually look at the process as a set of activities that use resources to transform raw materials, supplies, and labor into products or services. By the way, this is exactly what we do in IVF. We use resource, infrastructure. We use the raw material, the biological material, the gametes, the sites and egg, the and sperm, the disposable items, the equipment, and human resource to transform all these things in the output, the services we provide. So essentially, because we have an IVF cycle in an IVF center, a process-based, let's say, uh, perspective for what we do, we can measure quality quality in IVF is measured then by how well the outputs of our processes comply with a set of predefined requirements. So if you define your requirements after step number one, step number two, number three, and number four, or whatever, the ones that you decide in your center and you meet those requirements, then you can say, okay, I'm providing quality. So also we need to consider that When we talk about quality, we need to consider some guidelines, because we have guidelines. We have also regulatory uh, directives in which we need to be compliant with. We need also to consider the patient perspective, because one thing, for instance, I have been traveling to some countries in which having a multiple pregnancy is actually good quality service. In the Middle East, for instance, if you go there and say, okay, this is the, uh, the goal of IVF treatment is have one life birth, they laugh at you because this is not good quality for them. So, I mean, there are different perspectives in different regions and we need to see the patient's perspective because it could vary. And also, quality means that we need to do something to continue to improve what we do. So, the problem with that is that we, in the IVF field, For so many years, we measure quality by pregnancy rate. We just look at the final part of the process. And when we see that uh, center reporting 60% pregnancy rate, you imagine that that center is better than the other one reporting 30%. But it could not be the case. It depends on the process. Because if the process that the center here is using to achieve that goal, it will actually promote higher pregnancy rate. And the other center, for instance, that could get more difficult case, they could have a different approach for ICSI-IVF using less sperm donation, less oocyte donation, they will have lower pregnancy rate. So uh, on the on, on the other hand, we have quality dimensions, when we go to the uh, health companies, to the government, and uh, when they discuss type of services in health as a general, not only in IVF, what we have mostly is that we need to address six different dimensions in terms of a uh, quality of health and also infertility care. Effectiveness, for instance, is a measure of Pregnancy rate, actually, can be a measure of effectiveness. But it's not only that, it's just one of the six dimensions. Safety, patient-centeredness, efficiency. How efficient is your center to run a program? You, If you use more resources, so you have more wastage, you have more people working and providing the same thing, so, it means that efficiency is also an important thing because you reflect in the final profitability of the center, especially when we are talking about private centers. And also, the, uh, I mean, there are several things that need to be considered in terms of the quality dimensions. So, if we put those things together, we can have a different perspective on how to compare centers, on how to prioritize things in our own centers because I, I can have a, a weakness in one area that I will, in that center, analyze and then as a strategic plan, we will actually for next year, let's say, work uh, uh in this area, for instance, or other area. Uh, this is about quality. Now I want to move to another point. What's management? Management is, again, if you go to the dictionaries, they have different definitions. And if you go to the business companies, they have also some perspectives, like this one. This is the, uh, the art of getting things done through and with people in formally organized groups. This is management. A, uh, this is the definition of our quality manager in our center. She says, this is the group of people that interact in a physical or virtual environment and have the same goal. Now, we need to put those words together, quality management. So, quality management will essentially reflect a group of people well coordinated working with the same goal to achieve quality and quality now it's further than simply considering pregnancy rates but think about the six dimensions that i just presented to you so basically As a definition, quality management will be coordinated activities to direct and control an organization with regard to quality. can be applied to the IVF center as a whole or can be applied to the IVF lab, if you like. So you can take these different perspectives. But there are three pillars, essential pillars, in quality management. First one is that we standardize the services we provide. We may have different protocols for different subgroup of patients for individualization, this is okay, but once we decide that that particular couple will get that procedure, this should be standardized, otherwise we won't be able to compare. The other thing is that we need to analyze results, so we need to collect the information. And based on the results, then we could actually promote opportunity for improvement. So actually, at the end of the day, the objective of having quality management is to provide a service of excellence with consistent, stable results, low variation. And this is exactly what the quality management system is talking about, is a system to coordinate activities within the organization with the aid of people working together with a common goal that is improving quality. So, this is basically the the definition that uh, we have in terms of the the system. So, if you like to implement a QMS system in your clinics or in your laboratories, at the end of the process of this, you will get the X-ray of your organization. So, the QMS will express all that together. You will express, I mean, the infrastructure, your policies, your procedures, the process and resources that you use to implement quality management. So you have like the X-ray. It's not only quality control in the lab, checking temperature, pH, or so on, and not only checking for the benchmarkers. It goes beyond that point, because you define everything a priori, and then you you kind of monitor improvement of these things continuously. Uh, And actually, when we look at uh, the trend in, in the world, quality management systems are becoming more and more mandatory and uh, yeah, in some uh, continents for instance in European Union according to the European Union directive qms should be part of things that every single ivf center needs to implement to operate according to the regulation in brazil we have the uh, brazilian directive and if you read that carefully it says that we need to implement QMS in our clinics as well. It doesn't say what kind, so you may decide which model, which system you like, but the idea is that for us to kind of come and say, we have very high-quality IVF center, you need to prove it. Uh, Okay. In our center, actually, we decided to implement a quality management system several years ago. The process started in 2006, and then it took us about four years to be formally certified by this British uh, company. We use an external certification company, and we have been certified for the last five years, and we decided to use ISO 9001 for the reason that ISO 9001 is, let's say, perhaps the most used a model in the world. It is uh, adaptable to every single economic sector. They are updated every, uh, let's say, couple of years. And recently, in 2015, the ISO 9001 was again changed. And they incorporated risk management analysis, which is critical for us working IVF. So now, for centers actually embarking on ISO 9001, and we are now moving to risks, management analysis as part of our program. So, I think it will be even more comprehensive to have uh, uh, this model for us working in in the IVF field because we have this important aspect to consider. And it's moving in a way that more centers in the world are kind of trying to uh, see if they could implement QMS using some method, And there are others. For instance, we have some methods that are listed there different ISO norms that are more specific for certain aspects, for instance, uh, the the first one described there is more specific for medical laboratories, the second one is even more specific because it is for analytical laboratories, and even the US because the uh, the ISO is more European, let's say, and in the US they decided to use their own, uh, let's say, standards but based on the ISO. So even the CLIA the CLSI, uh, which is an institute that provides uh, uh, QMS uh, models for uh, centers and companies in the U.S., health companies, they actually, are, uh, these models are based on the ISO norms. So now, my, my task is not easy. I need to translate ISO for you in a few minutes. And uh, of course, I won't be able to go in much detail, but I want to give you some overview. When you look at ISO, or QMS by ISO, we have six pillars. We need to do a first part to define the reason we exist, and we need to define the quality management focus. So quality management focus means we need to establish policies, objectives, and quality indicators for the organization. So if I can translate these two parts for you, I need to say the first part, that you need to do in your center is say what you do and what your requirements are. Because when you say that you comply with quality, it's based on the requirements that you have made. So, now you understand that ISO does not guarantee that you put together the ideal requirements. It's based on you. So if you do the wrong thing, you may be analyzed as achieving those requirements, but It could be a problem. So it depends on the way you actually do this homework, which is extremely important before starting that. The second point, we need to map what we do in the center. So we need to map everything we do. When the patient comes to the center, or the phone call, or the laboratory, everything, we need to show how we do. This is like the cake's recipe. It needs to be there for every single thing we do. So the third part, we need to register and we need to do auditing and we need to monitor. Why? Well, because we need to see if there's variation. We need to see if the personnel is actually doing what we say we do. And we need to see results to see if we comply with the quality standards that we have put together. So in this part, we need need to show how we ensure we follow what we say we do. And the last part of ISO, there's a sector dedicated to continual improvement in which we need to analyze our results and then modify something for the best, based on results, not based on on hypotheses. So this is a a continual improvement. So we need to have a system that we will analyze everything and then we need to show that we improve the services or the products that we make. Well, uh, we have put a book together uh, in 2013 and we have gone uh, very deep in, in detail. So if you have uh, uh, interest in, in I mean, learning more on QMS for IVF centers, this book is a practical guide that could help you uh, for those of you who might be interested in looking in more detail about that. But uh, if I could actually give you a key message in terms of what I consider one of the most important aspects of QMS, I would say, it's the quality manager. The quality manager is the person that will put things together. It's important that the person has leadership and autonomy. Well, perhaps the best person is not the medical director and perhaps the best person is not the embryologist, senior embryologist or supervisor in the lab, because we are busy. We are so busy with the routines that that person that will establish the unit of the center and with the common goal and that will control, needs to be a new employee. So this uh, a is of being a leader and autonomy, and the person needs to create the environment in which, first, We, as the group, needs to understand what QMS is about. And the second part, it starts with the top managers in the center, the medical director, scientific director. If we, as the top managers, start working in the QMS concept, then it's going top down. So every single employee, as an example of us, will follow, let's say, the same, the same strategy. So, I, this was the way it worked for us. So, the second part is the quality management focus. In this part, we have the quality policy. We need to define, what, uh, the let's say, the general orientation of our center. And then, the objectives we have for these policies, and then the indicators. Well, to give you a practical example, I present the table that we have for our center. So, we have basically three policies in the center. Very simple ones. We need to guarantee client satisfaction. This is quite obvious for a company that wants to succeed. Second, we want to improve services that we provide as a lab, as a center, continuously. And we need to guarantee staff professional development. These are the three policies. And then, for every single policy, we need to have objectives. And the objective needs to be something that then you can measure. Because if I say, I guarantee client satisfaction, my objective is just one, I need to satisfy my clients. And how I measure that? Then you have the indicator. It could be the surveys, the questionnaires. So if you go to the lab and you have different objectives in the, in the laboratory part that is highlighted here, then you have like the objectives and then indicators. What I'm trying to convey is that whatever policies you make, we should make these policies very simple and then for every policy, what's the objective that that policy is actually talking about and how you measure, and these are the indicators. So if you can't measure, it can't be quality because you won't be able to compare. So this is just a quick example. So next step, then we go to the process and procedures. And for processes, I have already defined processes, but procedures are different thing, procedures are the protocols, the SOPs, standard operating procedures, the protocols that we use in our centers to standardize several aspects of what we do. We may have several uh, uh, we may have several procedures, but we need to kind of to avoid uh, fluctuation, variation. We need to provide these procedures in writing and make sure that everyone in the center got trained about how to use the protocols, the procedures, otherwise you won't be able to kind of provide this sort of a a system. So you have the roadmap of something, and then we need to kind of fill in that process the procedures. So the SOPs actually are those things, you you may have many of them that you fill uh, within the processes. And then we need to map the processes as much as we can. The other important aspect about QMS is the human resource. It's very easy to say that human resources is the organization's most valuable asset. We see that everywhere. The difficult part is to work with the human resources in that concept. And this is a completely different story, because we need, actually, to have some uh, minimal standards in terms of how we provide, how we hire people, how we provide training, how we describe the job that they should should, uh, uh, take, uh, their responsibilities, this is professional qualifications, but also personal policies. That means moral values, ethical values. This relates to the perception of the center in providing those services. And we need to kind of make sure that the personnel that we hire, they are competent actually to perform the test. For instance, when we got a new employee, we provide first the general orientation about QMS and then we go for task specific training, competence assessment, and then we recognize uh, competence. And if it's not there, th- there is retraining. So this is a, a, a module that we have and then we can have methods, different methods to assess uh, the competence to, could be direct observation, indirect observation, and a proficiency program. So now, uh, every single uh, employee in our center, in the lab, they are enrolled in an external uh, proficiency program in which they compare to a group of people from outside Brazil, outside the country. So they are proficient people with several years of experience, and they assess several different aspects in the IVF-specific uh, text embryo cleavage, time-lapse, classification and fertilization or whatever you you may decide. And then they will compare among their peers outside so there's external validation and also they will compare among their peers inside to see variation that we might have. Uh, Now I want to discuss a little bit about uh, this part, registering and monitoring. We need actually to, uh, after implementing all that, we need to ensure that we will actually Uh, follow what is is there. Now, I just want to highlight that we have some quality actions in the QMS program that are corrective, preventive and improvement that the culture of the program is to uh, stimulate, motivate everyone in the center to report deviations. So this is not bad if they make a mistake. But what is important is that they register the mistake. Because if we register the mistake, there's an opportunity for us to correct and that will avoid that the mistake, the deviation will happen again. For instance, we have a clinical information system in which every single employee, because the computers are are everywhere, they can analyze what kind of quality actions they are trying to provide. This is a a, a improvement opportunity, non-conformity, the sector, uh, how they detected it, and then when you open the file, there is a description of the problem, the actions taken, analysis of the cause, implementation of the corrective action, and then at the end of the day, if it was uh, successful or not. Because if it was not 10 minutes, is it? If it was not, uh, then we need to restart the cycle again. So, the other part uh, is about monitoring. So, measuring and analyzing. So, once we have the data collection, and every single center here, we do data collection all the time. We do markings for the IVF lab, we do many other demographics, but it's important also to analyze and uh, uh, register, as I mentioned before, and also uh, look at the patient perspective, the customers. Do you collect information and analyze the information that your patients give? Perhaps you do, but remember, Clients are not just the patients. Clients are our internal clients, our employees. They are clients. The suppliers that provide services for us, the community and regulatory authorities. These are clients and they have requirements, they have demands, and we need to fill those demands as well. So in terms of QMS, for instance, if you uh, become certified and then uh, annually a external auditor will come and they will check if you are in compliance with the norm. This is the external audit. But we need also to have internal auditors, people within the organization that will inspect other sectors. So for, I- for instance, you do something in the lab and you are very proficient and you will have the protocols, the process, everything. Well, the person going to your lab, supervising what you do as an auditor, Ideally, should be someone from a different department, not the IVF, because if you are a lab supervisor supervising your peers, there's a bias. And then we have uh, just a, another three, four minutes to conclude. We, ne- we need to measure and analyze. In uh, the quality tools that we use in our program, they are listed there. There are many uh, tools, there are many methods that we could actually do for analyzing results. Uh, I will just uh, briefly give you three examples for you to appreciate these uh, methods. This is the control chart. Control chart is very useful to monitor the stability of the process. And in this example here, I'm putting together the number of IVF cycles per day. For our center to have economic feasibility, and according to our resources, and according to the human resources we have, I can do from 3 to 15 cycles per day. This is the limit of our laboratory. But if I do less than 3, it will reflect the economic feasibility, and then you can monitor the stability of the process, and uh, you, you may check out-of-control points if there's a reason or not. So this is a just a simple example that you can do in many different sectors using these, uh, this, uh, let's say, quality tools. The other method, it's called balance scorecard. The balance scorecard gives you like an idea uh, of how, uh, how healthy is the organization. You categorize customer satisfaction, financial, employee satisfaction, and quality. These are the four areas that we categorize in our center. And we define the metrics. We define the metrics. We define the target. And then we check if our targets are in compliance or not. In green, for instance, you see uh, areas in which we have uh, achieved the targets. And in yellow, you see areas that are alert conditions that we need to pay attention. And in red, we see areas in which we are below the target. So when we sit together to prioritize one sector to kind of work more closely, there's a clear, uh, uh, let's say, picture of which sector we need to dedicate more time. And the, the last part is uh, in the QMS is the continual improvement. And then we need to use all resources to kind of analyze the results we got and then see if we can improve the services we provide. There are several, uh, uh, there are several um, uh, tools for that. I give you two examples. One example is the improvement group in which, for instance, we bring a problem, and then we make a question. For instance, increasing costs will lead to an increasing treatment price. And then, uh, how can we diminish costs, making treatments more affordable? Well, this is a very simple question, but it's uh, yeah, important for all of us. So everyone will be involved, and we will brainstorm about that problem. Perhaps for several hours in one day, and the other day, we do rounds. And at the end of the uh, improvement group analysis, we will have some opinion that are really valid, some others are not. And then the quality manager will implement some of those actions as a a strategic plan for the future. And then we will analyze if those things that was actually promoted there are correct or not. The other uh, tool is the SWOT analysis. SWOT, if you don't know uh, what does that mean, is like S for The strengths, W, weakness, O, opportunities, T, threats. So actually, we bring all uh, uh, staff from the center to sit down and to map our center. What are our strengths, our weakness, our opportunities, and our threats? And then, based on these things, we try to make a consensus in the things we need to work more, dedicated more time to work. So this is the SWOT analysis. So, as you can see, it's not easy, but it's not difficult either. It means that it's impossible to implement QMS by having one person, one single, it's not one main show, it's an integrated strategic decision for an IVF center to kind of coordinate activities with people with the same goal in terms of quality. So, uh, the message that I want to convey at the end of my presentation now is that uh, in terms of quality, uh, QMS will uh, promote a method in which we go far beyond the comparison of centers or quality indicators using pregnancy rate per se. We will include other indicators because in this program, There are different metrics, and the metrics are more robust. And then we could actually uh, achieve these quality dimensions much easier. The second part is that you may find different uh, QMS methods or uh, uh, strategies in the market. You may decide which one is more uh, important or applicable to your center. But I think the trend in, in, in the market, in the world, is to have more and more QMS as mandatory for fertility centers. And the last part is that it's critical that we have human resource, but not only that. We may have the best embryologists, the best uh, nurse, but if it's not coordinated, if they don't work as in teamwork, it won't, it won't make any sense for the QMS perspective, because human resources in QMS, they need to be with the focus on teamwork, coordinated by someone, the quality manager, to kind of promote the final result that is the success. So I mean, uh, the the title of the talk was QMS, Everyone's Responsibility, and my opinion is yes, it's everyone's responsibility if we uh, are willing to achieve success, quality in the fertility center. Thank you very much. This has been a special edition of the Global Women's Health Academy series on ReachMD. The preceding program was sponsored by Topec Global and supported by Merck KGAA, Darmstadt, Germany. If you have missed any part of this program, visit ReachMD.com GWHA. Thank you for listening.